And joining us now, pleased to have on with us today, Whitney Munnan with AgriGold. Whitney, it's great to catch up with you again. How are you? I'm doing wonderful, Jesse. Thanks for having me here this afternoon. Thanks for joining us here today. And uh, a lot of exciting things to talk about uh, with AgriGold. We're going to get to some new product discussion coming up here in a little bit. I think just to start, though, let's talk a little bit about harvest. Uh, we're obviously getting into the thick of harvest here across the country or starting to. It's been a variable year. We've we've heard the stories. We've seen the pictures. We, we know that it varies region to region. But overall, as you are getting some early harvest results. What are your thoughts and what are you hearing from growers as how things are, are shaping up here to wrap up the growing season? Yeah, Jesse, I would say the yield results are as variable as the reports we were getting in season, if I'm gonna be totally honest. We have some farmers that are experiencing the highest yields their operation have ever seen. And then I believe a quote uh, from one of my agronomists that I picked up this week, we have other places where uh, the moisture percentage of the corn is higher than that of the yield. Um, it's just the reality of the situation we find ourselves in. This has been a dynamic growing season. And to say that um, it has been a challenge uh, might be an understatement, especially for some areas of the U.S. Um, significant drought. Um, I have one testing location where a salesperson told me uh, this last week from the time it got planted uh, to now it only had four inches of rain. So it's incredibly uh, devastating for farmers in some of those areas of the U.S. where we've had incredible drought, high heat, high temperatures. Uh, but other places uh, we have a more moderate environment and that's uh, yielding high yields. So it's a it's a, a tough spot, uh, I would say, in terms of getting our arms around truly uh, how this crop is coming in. Now, in September, you know, the USDA just recently came out and adjusted some of those yields down to, I believe, uh, 172.5 bushels anticipated across the Corn Belt. In terms of my perspective, um, I think that is probably a very real number. Um, I, I think that's probably indicative as of what we're going to see as a whole, if not maybe even trending downward, just because some of the lows are pretty low. Um, I wish some of the highs were even higher, Jesse. Very true. Well, Whitney, I, th I wonder as well, I haven't heard a ton about disease and pest pressure this year in corn or soybeans. It's been a, an abnormally quiet year, I feel like, but I know there are some issues out there. I, I think of maybe tar spot uh, is a big one in corn right now. But as you think about disease and pest pressure from this growing season, anything big stand out to you and anything that producers need to look at as they're harvesting and maybe scouting those fields and, and getting into the fall kind of kind of window here and getting ready for next year? Yeah, I think there would be a couple of things that I would tell farmers to have their eye on and be thinking about. By all intents and purpose, this was a moderate year in terms of uh, disease pressure and pest pressure, uh, very contrary uh, to that of the environmental pressures that the crop faced this year. Um, but a couple of diseases do stand out as things that uh, people should just be moderating, watching, and if they see presence, maybe even thinking about changing their management practices for next year. Now, you mentioned tar spot. Uh, we had the great fortune that tar spot actually came into most of the Corn Belt and some of those most intensively hit geographies of the past uh, quite late. So in terms of overall yield robbing capacity, 
Uh, we're not really seeing a huge amount of yield taken off the top from tar spot just because, quite frankly, it was very late to the party. Um, however, we are seeing some other incremental stock rots and things like that happening in the field, really due in large part to the environmental stressors we saw this year. So uh, everything from anthracnose stock rot, even anthracnose top dieback, uh, some of those diseases that, quite frankly, are just finishing off the corn. Uh, they've, they've been fighting, fighting, and fighting, and uh, they're now not fighting anymore, uh, and the diseases are taking advantage of that. So where we have premature death of the crop, we're seeing the disease start to make its way into the crop. So as we're looking at some lower overall temperatures uh, here over the next couple of weeks and a cold front sweeping across the Corn Belt and Midwest, that means our dry down is going to slow down in a lot of that crop, but that does not mean that the disease pressure is going to slow down in that crop. So I would really advise farmers to make sure they're checking their fields, doing those push tests, pinch tests, being out and evaluating the stock quality of some of those crops. Uh, because while the grain moisture might not be where they want it to be, the stocks are going to be ready to come out this year uh, with some of those environmental stressors we've had. So I would really just uh, tell farmers to keep a close eye on that as well as we are seeing some incremental ear molds. Uh, so, you know, where we have open husk type products or maybe where we've had corn earworm damage, uh, which has been a pest that's been on the rise this year, uh, we are seeing more ear molds potentially out there in corn uh, than we have over the last couple of years past, I would say holistically across the U.S. So the diplodias, the trichodermas, some of those uh, ear molds that are not good uh, in terms of downstream, uh, in terms of utilization for feeding and things like that. But also those are ear molds we have to watch out in the bin for. So we don't want to put that ear mold in the bin um, and have it then continue to proliferate and affect all of our grains. So we just really tell farmers, be watching your grain, looking what you're putting in the grain tank. And if you do see some of those things, make sure if you are going to dry it down, dry it down pretty quick. Um, make sure you're getting it to uh, less than 14% moisture uh, to prevent the spread of that infection to the rest of the corn uh, there in your bin. And quite frankly, if you don't have to hold it, don't hold it. Uh, get it out, get it sold, and uh, get it on its way. Um, from a soybean perspective, we've really moderated a lot of disease. We saw a potential uptick of uh, some SDS, which uh, some growers said it was there, and then it stopped. Um, but from a soybean perspective, it's been very even keel across most of the U.S. this year. Well, Whitney, let's talk new products from AgriGold. As uh, farmers are making seed decisions for 2023, they're assessing their crop, they're looking at some of those disease pressures you mentioned and, and making that management plan for next year, but it, it comes back to seed and genetics, et cetera. Let's start with the corn side. What are some new products that maybe you're excited about uh, for AgriGold on, on the corn side going into 23? Yeah, absolutely, Jesse. So at AgriGold, we are a true national provider of corn genetics to the market. We have everything from 84-day products to a brand new 120-day corn coming onto the market this year. Uh, we're going to be welcoming in a class of 15 new corn products across our entire AgriGold portfolio. We have 21 new trait conversions on existing germplasm that farmers may have already interacted with in the field, just a new trait to give them some flexibility on different kinds of acres. You know, I, I think maybe there's two products I'd like to highlight here today. And the first one of which would be A63616 Smart Stacks. Uh, so this is a Smart Stacks version of a product that we've had in Double Pro in our market. And what makes this product so exciting, it's, it's a very consistent product across a lot of broad acres, but what makes it unique in our market is its industry leading tar spot tolerance. 
It represents a new germplasm host uh, that we have here at Agrigold that's unique to us. And it's something that we know farmers are gonna continue to battle tar spot. Uh, maybe not as much this year, but who's to say what's gonna come uh, in the years to come. So we know we need industry leading tolerant germplasm when it comes to tar spot. Uh, another product I'd like to highlight is one that's uh, brand new to that Agrigold portfolio, and that's going to be A64276, and that's a 112-day uh, double pro corn. Uh, so this is a brand new product uh, that's unique to our lineup, and it is a very interesting product because it has industry-leading stress tolerance and great emergence, uh, which is something that we know um, across the U.S., we need products to fit on those tough acres that can handle the heat and handle the stress. And quite frankly, this year has allowed us to see that product uh, in an environment that it thrives. Um, it's allowed us to separate the men from the boys, as it were, and this product is coming out on top in some of our yield and performance trials this year. Uh, those are just a couple of highlights when it comes to corn, mm -hmm. Jesse. Well, Whitney, how about the soybean side? Any uh, varieties there that you are excited about heading into 23? Oh, absolutely. You know, on the agri-gold side for soybeans, one of the things we pride ourselves on is having options for our farmer customers. You know, we're really excited this year to expand those options even further. We've always been a qualified provider of Extend, Extend Flex, and E3 germplasm, but this year we will also be offering conventional soybeans. So we have a very broad, robust soybean pipeline, everywhere from a 0.3 soybean up to a 6.4, and we're going to have 35 new soybeans across all of our trait offerings this year. So um, if you can't find it, we have it at Agrigold. Um, I guess a, a couple of really key things that I'd like to highlight in terms of a product perspective. You know, we have uh, two new uh, soybeans that are coming in that mid to late group three range that I think are going to be uh, very interesting for farmers to get to know uh, within our industry. One of them is G3692 Extend Flex. So that's going to be a 3.6 soybean. What we really like about it is it also is a STS bean. So if a farmer needs that uh, sulfonylurea tolerance uh, coming out of maybe a double crop situation and needs an early option, uh, they will have that in this bean. It's got an excellent east to west movement. And we think, you know, the best placement is actually going to be in that high yield environment. So we're expecting big things out of it here this fall. Uh, the other would probably be our G3875 uh, E3. So that's a brand new 3.8 soybean coming to our Enlist uh, pipeline and portfolio. And we think it's going to bring a great fit on a stressy type acre. It has excellent stem canker tolerance and we really like its branching architecture for some of those stressy environments. So we're excited about what those two beans are going to bring to our lineup. Well, great stuff, Whitney. I'm sure if farmers uh, want to learn more, contacting their local uh, Agrigold dealer, their local agronomist, or going online, agrigold.com are probably all great ways to uh, get started, isn't it? That's absolutely the best way to go about it. And, you know, the other part of this message, Jesse, would be when it comes to some of these new products, farmers know the song and dance. They're often in short supply. So I'd encourage people to be making those connections with their local DSM, their local agronomist, their agent and reseller. If they have interest in seeing some of this new germplasm and genetics, because quite frankly, we got to put it on order uh, because there are smaller piles. Definitely. Well, and again, agrigold.com is a place to start online as well. With that, Whitney Munnan of Agrigold, always a pleasure to talk to you. Thanks for the time, and we'll talk to you again real soon. Thank you, Jesse.